Hi, and welcome to Happier Music Teacher. Are you a music teacher who has no time, no voice, and you kind of need to pee? I'm Beth Duhon. I'm a Christian, wife, mother, musician, and former stressed hot mess music teacher. I've been there. Join me every week as we work on easy micro actions so that you can be a happier music teacher. Today's Mindset Minute. Sometimes we go high, sometimes we go low. This one goes a little bit low, is the story of Chuck and the house. So, roughly two decades ago, I was performing at Bush Gardens Williamsburg, and there was a colorful character named Chuck. I have never met a boring Chuck. I don't know about you. I hope he's finding this and listening to it and that he's well, because he was loved. Loved by the cast and crew. Everyone loved him. But he was a character. I was newly married, and I was just groaning to the break room, anybody who would listen, that, ugh, I had dishes in my sink. And the laundry wasn't caught up. I had no idea what I was going to serve Jimmy Duhon for dinner, but he was going to come home and it was not going to be good. And he really let me know that it was not okay. He said, oh, come on, man, don't do that. And at first I thought he was "Mm," being a little chauvinistic with me, being a little critical, both of which may have been true. Um, But he also had a point. I think that keeping a nice home is a gift to ourselves and a gift to our family. And there are many times that I fail, but when I want my family to look back over the course of our life, I want our home to be something that hugs them. A home that has good smells of food that I've cooked, that we're not usually stressing about the laundry being clean, although let's be honest, that happens sometimes, that we are not embarrassed to have a friend come over into the house and hang out and do those type of things. So if that means that I'm doing a little bit less at work so that I can have a comfortable home that blesses me and my family, so be it. And Chuck, wherever you are, I wish you well. This week's verse of the day. Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Today's People, Podcasts, and Promotion Spotlight shines on Debbie O'Shea of the Crescendo Music Education Podcast and blog and resources and webinar. Is there anything this woman does not do? The first thing that's going to strike you is that she just looks fun and sounds fun because guess what? She is fun. I am so grateful and happy to live in a day and time where I can learn about music education and teacher lifestyle and health and wellness from someone across the world who has a wealth of experience and wisdom. If you haven't had a chance to check it out, the Crescendo Music Education Podcast with Debbie O'Shea. One of the big perks of the profession, as far as I'm concerned, and probably as far as the rest of the world is concerned too, is having some time off around the holidays. Unfortunately, most of us are crawling across the finish line to get there, and so we are completely exhausted before it starts. But here in no particular order is how to maximize your Christmas break as a music teacher. I think the first step to having a better break is admitting that it's finite. Yes, when you look at the calendar, it stretches out before you and there's so much hope, and that is great. 
But I think it's really better to start out and manage our expectations. And like many things that I tell you, maybe it's Debbie Downer, I don't know. Uh, Money is finite. Time is finite. Energy is finite. And unfortunately, sweetheart, breaks are finite. So if you know that ahead of time, I think it lets you be a little bit more particular about how you spend your time and a little bit more realistic in your expectations of how you spend your time. As much as you would like it to be like a Hallmark movie, I don't know if you really want to be like a Hallmark movie, but as much as you'd like it to just be perfection personified and you are going to do every single house project and make cookies from scratch and decorate and serve and, 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 there are a million things you could do over break and they're all worthy, but you can't do everything over break. So it's really important to sit back and assess what are the things that you really want to do over break the most. And if you only got to do two things over break, what would they be? And after a particularly challenging semester, my hand is raised here. I won't go into it. I'll vague book about it a little bit, but it's been a challenging semester for a number of reasons, y'all. Um, sometimes the most holy thing you can do over that break is rest and rest and rest. And this may not be the year that you clean your pantry and sort your photo albums and organize your digital files. This may not be the year for it. Conversely, this might be just a year to do that, and those things have been secretly bothering you so much that it would give you the best feeling of satisfaction to take care of those things, and you want to do it immediately, if not sooner. Totally fine. Just know, per usual, that if you are choosing to say yes to one thing, you're choosing to say no to something else, and you are the laws of physics or whatever still applies to you, that you are limited in how much you can do in a given day, in space, in time. Number two, depending on your personality's type, may bristle a little bit, but I'm going to make a suggestion. Consider keeping some routines. Like it or not, and I noticed this today, daily life isn't going away just because it's Christmas time. So there is still laundry, and if you're like me, you may have a backload from the school year. Your family is still going to eat, probably on real dishes, so you're still going to have dishes to do. You're still going to have a bed that might need to be made. You're still going to have physical needs that need attended to and other upkeep in your home and your physical body. So consider keeping those routines a bit. For me, and like I said, everyone is different in this regard, I flounder if I just have this blank check and nothing has to be done at any certain time. I actually prefer and find comfort in some strange way in keeping those routines. I wonder if you might too. So if you think that with over break, you're just confused. I saw a cute meme where it says up until December 22nd, 26th, excuse me, we are celebrating, we're festive, and the 26th to January 1st, we're confused and unsure what day it is and full of cheese. So if you think you might do a little bit better, experiment with how much structure you would like. It doesn't have to be regimented, but maybe a few loose routines for your morning and bedtime might just make you feel a little more at ease over your break. Number three is people over projects. You might have heard me towards the beginning of the podcast talking about some of the projects. Those were not hypothetical projects. Those are projects that I would love to do that will probably not happen this break if I'm being realistic with myself. Um, I had several interviews in the spring for my current job uh, just for different campuses who chose to pass on me. And I think one of the reasons is I was a little too honest. And that is definitely one of my faults. And you know they get to one of those parts in the interview they say, well, Uh, Tell me your biggest weakness, and you should really do a made-up weakness that's really not that bad, right? 
oh, my weaknesses, I care too much about the kids. Oh, my weaknesses, I'm a little bit too organized in type A. That's what they would like to hear. But instead, I told them the flat out truth, which is, you know what? When I get stressed, sometimes I put tasks over people. And you could, you would have thought that I said that I like to strangle puppies the way that would look in the room when I'd say that. So I really should have reconsidered. But I noticed that over break too. It's really a strong pull for me to want to achieve and do and get caught up and do some things on my side hustle. Well, guess what? My son is only this age one time. It is only Christmas once a year. And there are people that I have not seen for a long time, um, neighbors and friends and others that I'd like to connect with. So it's okay right now and preferable. You don't have to do it completely. But as a general rule of thumb, if it's ever a tie, put people over projects. And if they ask you that in an interview, work that in there too. Number four is put it on paper. I'm some nice alliteration tonight, huh? So maybe I have this bent because I'm a writer. Um, my book is also journaling-based, Happier Music Teacher, 50 Days to Being a Happier Music Teacher at Home and at School. But for me, and I literally just put this into practice the other day, I have not done anything about holidays up until really the last 48 hours or so. It's been busy with school. I've had a couple performances. It has just not been a priority yet. So um, we had a meeting the other day as a husband and wife about what we're going to do about our holidays. It made me feel so much better to put it down on paper, on categories, what we said. And you know what? As you write things down, they start to take shape. And from there, you can call through and you can figure out what stores need to happen, what timing is going to make out the most sense, what you need on your shopping list. All of a sudden, that vague, panicky idea that, oh my gosh, Christmas is coming in less than 10 days and I'm totally ill-prepared, it turns into, okay, these are the steps. So the second you start getting panicky, do that. And I would say rinse and repeat. So I would like to think about before, during, and middle, putting those things on paper for each chance of the break. And if something changes, go ahead and get in there and change that on your paper as well. Now, I'm not saying this has to be, for lack of a better word, rigid. But I do think if you have it lined out, it just gives you a certain sense of peace to be able to see it on paper. And then sometimes if you look at all that, you're like, oh, this is way too much. This is aspirational and is never going to happen this lifetime. It is very satisfying to just take that pen and strike through it. Now, I tend to use a literal pen and paper for this process, but whatever makes sense to you, I think it will give you some clarity and some peace. Number five is just a giant permission slip. That is to personalize. Your holiday does not have to look like anyone else's. I referenced this in my interview with Jessica Grant, the How to Survive December as a Music Teacher. If you get a chance to reference that, I'll look up the episode number. Okay, I looked it up. Episode 35. So the timing is different every year with what day we get released, right? And it can vary from district to district and also depending on what you're doing. This feels different as a school teacher than it was when I was teaching private French horn lessons. Your holiday does not look like, have to look like anyone else's but yours. And I think it's really important, and I say this regularly on here, to think about the season that you are in currently. Personalizing it when you have young children at home is a lot different than personalizing it when you have an empty nest. Particularly if you are coming off a difficult semester and you really just need to prioritize rest, um, that can be personal right now. You are someone who teaches school and uses a lot of time and energy. So when you come back to break, it may not look like someone who doesn't work or works a nine to five that's not very taxing. 
Everyone is different. And so you can just put down that yardstick right now and personalize it for what is good for you and your family. Number six is minimize obligations. And boy, I can be bad about this one. I can definitely remember breaks in the not too distant past where I just had almost every day scheduled with something, usually three somethings, a morning, a noon, and a night, plus a side project or two. And I would just truck through it like I was doing a to-do list. And they might be fun somethings like lunch with a friend or um, going out and do, going for a walk or something with somebody. But it was still very stacked with obligations. And this year, I just don't feel like that one bit. And I like the freedom that it's going to give me. So I'm going to encourage this year to go ahead and minimize your obligations. And from a cooking show, I love food TV. You can always add to. You can't always take away. So very cautiously add to. See if it's worthy. See if you want to do it. See if you're excited about it or a little bit dreading it. We had a little bit of margin today. Uh, because we had not booked a whole week full. Yesterday, literally at church, my son's youth minister mentioned about the kids playing football today. Well, if I had the whole week blocked full, I would not have had that opportunity. And we were able to grab a couple of his friends, and they had a great time. And then once again today, the youth minister, very casually, he's not being unorganized, this is just a casual event, um, mentioned about doing it again later on the week. If I had been completely blocked full, we would have missed out on that for my son. And it was an important part because he gets to have a break too. So as much as possible, you might want to think about getting rid of the have-tos over break and lightly pencil them in, play it by ear. But I hate to feel like over your break that you feel like you're on a hamster wheel and that it feels worse and more scheduled than the school year when it should feel the opposite of that. Number seven, and this is going to sound a lot like number five. Give yourself a giant permission slip to do what is best for you and your family, and that can change. Now, I think the personalize is a little bit different than the permission slip. Personalize is tweaking it so it exactly fits y'all, and the permission is not worrying about what other thi- others think. Okay, It's your Christmas, not theirs, and it's your family, not theirs. Not in a snotty way, but I can tell you as a family of three, Our Christmas looks a lot different than a family of seven. It just does. And that's okay. So what looks best for us, even if we try to be pretty loud, it's still pretty quiet around here. Um, A lot of things we do are quirky at best, but they're fun for us. Right this minute, my husband and my son are watching Lost. Not everyone just desires to sit around and watch that show with their family over Christmas. They might be watching Hallmark Channel Christmas movies. So give yourself a giant permission slip to do what seems fun for you, what feels like a memory maker for you. And don't worry about the people on Instagram or the people who like to gossip or whatever. Give yourself permission to have a wonderful holiday that fits like a glove for you and your people. Okay, time for my disclaimer. I like to give about once an episode. Ready? Not all tips are actual tips that I'm good at. Most of these things I have learned by mistakes and experience. So here goes, number eight, margin and buffer. Don't bake right until you have to leave for Christmas Eve, hypothetically speaking. This totally happened last year. Or stay with your family until the very last possible second to hit the road, and then the whole trip is a race to get back home on time, and you can't stop and enjoy anything or have any space. One of my substitutes saw me at the end of the day and noticed that I moved 90 miles an hour. 
And during the school year, I almost just feel like I have to. Like if I don't, that something's going to fall down or fall apart. And it's just how I run at school, like I have a motor inside me. But especially at home during the break, and probably better for me during the school year too, if I'm honest, let's have some margin and buffer. Margin will let you exhale. Margin will let you be more pleasant. The other night, I don't think I was very pleasant. I'm being too honest with y'all tonight, am I? I wasn't very pleasant. I was just like a tired, cranky toddler. So it was really just best to call it a night and go to sleep, even though there are a lot of things that should have been done. As you're going through your season, it is okay to ruthlessly cut, like we talked about minimizing those obligations. Give yourself margin and buffer. There's going to be holiday traffic. There's no surprise to anybody. The grocery store lines are going to be longer. You're going to have more baking and cooking to do. You might have guests in your house on top of the everyday things that we do just living our life. So as much as you can, give yourself that intentional margin, more time. Give yourself that buffer so that you don't feel like if one thing fails, everything else is just all the dominoes are going to fall. So see what it feels like to give yourself a lot of margin and breathing room. And worst case scenario, shoot. You, have, you arrive a few minutes early to a service, or you don't have traffic, and it's an easy day. Great. That feels relaxing instead of stressful. And finally, number nine, when you do return to work, I know, I said it, but when that happens in a few weeks, not today, in a few weeks, tiptoe back to work. I think a lot of us in January, we have just all that new New Year energy, resolution energy, perfectionist energy, and we are going to teach those routines and procedures, and we are going to get back on our curriculum map, and this is going to, and we saw those performances, we, this is it, we are going to do it. And then you come back, and you're facing a classroom full of tired, lethargic kids who don't want to be there, and then you walk down to the lounge, and you see a bunch of colleagues who um, are nursing their cup of coffee, and hmm, they don't want to be there. And come to think of it, you're a little tired and worn out and wondering how you're going to make it through the day, and you're not real pumped about being there. Now, this does not mean that the whole school, including you, has a bad attitude. It means that a lot of times you're going from a very forgiving routine to a very structured routine. And sometimes in our culture, our breaks are exhausting, and we come back exhausted. Now, hopefully if you follow some of these tips, you may not be in so much of that boat, but still, especially if you put in different foods that we're eating and travel and maybe staying up late past your normal time of sleeping, your routine is off balance, maybe you're not exercising like you normally would, and, 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 um, just don't go in there with both barrels blazing that first day. Trust me on this one. Now, it is a wonderful, in my mind, a wonderful natural break to reset and structure. And I'm actually planning some of that for a number of reasons. And it's a great time to reinforce your procedures and your expectations and how you want your classroom to run. But I will tell you that is probably going to go a lot better if you do just a spoonful of sugar and a light, easy lesson plan. Now to which you're going to respond, well, Beth, when do we do these rigid plans? And I agree. I would say always keep the joy factor, but probably Just like the peak of December when the kids are bouncing off the walls excited for Santa is not your prime time, right when you come back from break is not your prime time. And most realistically, 
Um, third quarter, once you get rocking and rolling, is a beautiful window. And the very beginning of fourth is where you can really get some powerhouse things done in your classroom. But I really highly would not recommend it your first week back. Don't get me on a break. I will talk. I'm telling you. So to sum up, number one, admit that this break is finite. Raise your hand. Repeat after me. This break is finite. Number two, experiment with keeping some routines in place. I think you're going to feel better physically and mentally if you don't just let everything go to trash. Number three, people over projects. Number four, put it on paper. Number five, personalize this for you. Keep your eyes off social media if that's a problem. Keep your eyes off the television if that makes you feel less than about your decor or your cooking or your relationships. Personalize it so it fits really well for you and your family. You don't have to please anyone but those people. They're your stakeholders. Number six, seriously consider minimizing your obligations. I know we really want to maximize everything, but I think maybe the best way to maximize is actually to minimize obligations, if that makes sense. Fewer things better, more relaxed, more at ease. You can always add two if you are just straight up bored and you run at a different pace than me. Most of the world does. But think about including just a minimum and you can always add two. Number seven, give yourself a giant permission slip to do what's best for you and your family and keep on tweaking until you find it. Number eight, margin and buffer. More time for any tasks than you think. More relaxed than you think. Leave early. Assume that you're going to come back late. Give yourself all the buffer time in the world. And finally, number nine, when it is that time to go back in the classroom, not now, long time from now, in January, hopefully, especially depending on when you get off, don't come charging it, both barrels blazing into work. Let's tiptoe back into work. Let's sneak back into the new year a little bit, gently and calmly and sweetly for ourselves and our students. Thank you for listening to the Happier Music Teacher. Don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and tell a friend.